Hard Seltzer's coming after another prized possession of craft beer, The Growler. It's time to piss on the bar and talk about Greg Hall. Speaking of Greg Hall, the Bourbon County labels are out. This is It's All Beer. Welcome to It's All Beer, very much the podcast that pisses on the bar top that is craft beer and the beer industry in general. I'm Jeremy Jones. I'm Tyler Zimmerman. Way to wing it, buddy. Way to wing it. Hey, you know, I feel like uh, even if I didn't just have to make that up on the spot, I feel that was uh, uh, appropriate given how much Goose Island and Greg Hall are going to be uh, a part of our podcast today. Yeah, except you forgot about it until I just brought it up in our pre-production meeting. (laughs) Which is why we have the pre-production meeting. That's why there's so it's, it's not so much a meeting, just to let everyone know. It's mainly Jeremy and I sitting here at his table in his office as he's frantically closing out porn. Uh, not frantically. Talking about what articles we found. I'll let you know. I'll have you know that I'm just finishing them off and... Uh... <laughs> If there's any frantic things going on, it's fi- finishing up all the uh, all the research and writing I'm trying to do for this. <laughs> you know how hard that is to do and masturbate at the same time. Depends. Are you ambidextrous? No, I'm very much a, very much right-handed. Ah, uh, gotta do the stranger. Yeah, I've tried that. It it feels like cheating. Well, also, you're not supposed to write with the stranger. <laughs> what, what are we drinking today? Uh, we've got a couple beers, but we're gonna start with uh. One of the newer ones, kind of in the valley, uh, a collaboration between Georgetown Brewing and Western Collective here locally. Uh, the Best of the West collab. It's a West Coast Double IPA, uh, 8.8%. Um, this is uh, uh, interesting because I've had this twice before. And had it I, once before. It did not taste like it was 8.8% when I had it the first time. Um, I actually, uh, the interesting thing was, is I told Tyler, like, oh yeah, I had the first time I had this, it was a fucking drain pour. Um, it and the first time I had it was delicious. So um, it tasted like band aids and pine trees, and not like the good part of pine trees. Just like there's a good part of a pine tree. I mean, you know, I feel like you can you can make like pine needle tea, and that's kind of nice. You know, pops have a piney taste, right? Dirty fucking hippie. You're t- seriously, you're gonna you're you're going to. Uh, 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 criticize the use of piney when describing hops no uh i meant pine needle tea you dirty fucking hippie i learned that from bear fucking grills okay (laughs) the most non-hippie the man who gave himself an enema in front of god and everybody on national television show some goddamn respect it was on the discovery channel (laughs) still not hippie-ish So again, so better than the first time I had it. Maybe you just had an off cam. I, I they did bring me another. They did bring me another one after that, and this it, it, and it was much like this. It was like okay, piney, citrusy, floral, mm-hmm. um, clear, which is nice. Yeah, I, I, that's both beers we have today are non hazy. Woohoo! Nature is healing. <laughs> I, it, I think we're. I, I think both me and Tyler are very much over the hazies, but we'll we'll see how that goes for the rest of the year. Uh, it's nice. I'm still not. I, I don't know. I don't know. I guess what I was expecting, and maybe I'm still like tainted from my first experience because um, when I saw that Georgetown uh, was involved, I'm like, this cannot be bad. And the first can, I'm like, this is fucking awful. I think you're still a little tainted because it to me it is just a 
very delicious, easy drinking double IPA. Uh, the second time I uh, second time I had it, I was kind of bracing myself. Oh, well, this is a double IPA. It's nice, I guess. Wasn't anything that blew the top of my head off. It has the requisite uh, uh, grapefruit um, pininess or pine tree esque. Uh, I don't want to offend any uh, uh, any uh, any of your hippie sensibilities there, Tyler. Oh fuck you. <laughs> And, uh, but it was like, this is a, yeah, a decent double IPA, I guess. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I guess, I guess it didn't it fail to live up. Cause I've, there's been a lot of hype around this beer and I could never figure it. And I, and I probably did get like either severely oxygenated, although I've never had oxygen, oxygenation tastes like band-aids and at least one other person had it before, um, um, who told me that she like both of the times she's had it has been a drain pour? So was it out of a can? Yes, it's been out of a can both times, and the sa- and a can and the samples both times. The only thing I could think of, because the brewery I worked for, we had a uh, customer that bought a case of one of our beers, and was like, "This beer just doesn't taste right." Uh, so we tried it, and we tried a couple. The only thing we could think of is the filling heads sometimes on the first one because the first part it's filling, mm. it's sitting there, and then it'll pass it along, and it may be full, but it may not be, it may sit exposed, or if there's an issue on the canning line where something happens, something gets jammed up, and it's sitting there uncovered before it gets sealed, sometimes you can oxidize but, it but it didn't taste like oxygen like oxidized i mean i can i can pick out oxidized mm-hmm. I and mean, it's cardboardy muted hops i would have tried it and been like yes it tastes oxidized to me but this was full-on band-aids this was phenolic and that says either uh, uh a problem in the in that's usually a uh a problem with the brew water or an infection or something but um like i said maybe there was just a I don't know. It like really severe band aid came to mind. Yeah, and so that was, and I'm, and I have no idea how it would affect uh, a, a small series of cans and, re- and not the batch as a whole. But yeah, that's why I'm almost thinking if something did go wrong, it was on the canning line side of things. So uh, no, it's a decent double IPA. Yeah, it's very excellent. Uh, good job, Western. Good job, Georgetown. Uh, excited to see what else they can come out with. And All right. Well, Tyler, what do you got for us today? Well, we're just going to jump right into the hard seltzer is going to own us all. So this uh, so this has been It's All Beer. Let's just give this shit, this shit up. <laughs> <laughs> because apparently the, there's almost no beer news, but search hard seltzer and fuck. You got a uh, hundred things pop up. You got a gangbang. Uh, you got a hard seltzer gangbang, which is kind of like a, kind of like a, uh, uh, a, 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 a Catholic nun gangbang. It's just not a lot going on. Tea and crumpets being thrown around. You, you've met different nuns than I have. Apparently. <laughs> I don't live in northern Idaho. <laughs> well, um, kind of, if you think about it, one item that's really been synonymous with American craft beer has been the growler. It's, I feel, was popularized with 
craft beer had its kind of rise with craft beer. It is dying off. And fun fact, uh, first invented in Idaho. Really? First popularized in Idaho by Grand Teton. Grand Teton. I think I did know this. Uh, Grand Teton um, happened to have, for whatever reason, and I, the, 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 the reasons have been varied and are apocryphal, but they had milk jugs. And just clear milk jugs, and they use that to um, uh, um, to offer beer to go out of their brewery. Oh. Now, the term growler is older. It actually refers to... Uh, um, when, Taking a dump? Yeah, no. <laughs> well, that too. It refers to... The, uh, uh, saloons would often fill, um, fill uh, whatever container you wanted to take beer home, usually a bucket with a lid, and the sound of the foam would make a growling sound. Hmm. But um, no, actually, the you know the the idea of like a, a sixty four ounce jug to fill with beer and take home, uh, Idaho, uh, 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 an Idaho original right there. Well, good on you. And you know, a, it, and like most uh, good ideas came from Idaho, was a good one that lasted for a short time <laughs> before it just went down. Aged the tubes. out. <laughs> uh, well, kind of one of the biggest growler makers of, especially fancy growlers, is Growler Works out of Portland, Oregon. Um, they look like a. They look like what would happen if uh, if you took a draft system, attached it to a growler, and then gave it a steampunk makeover. Yep. Well, this one's going to be a little different. Uh, they're in the process of doing a kickstart uh, fundraiser for this growler called the UK Pressurized Growler. Um, it looks like you mixed a soda stream with a fucking hydro flask. Oh yeah, kind of does, doesn't it? I mean, it it um, um, you know uh, I'll have uh, Tyler send me uh, that picture. We'll put it up on his Instagram. I promise this time, maybe. Mm. Um, but um, don't hold your breath, guys. But uh, I mean, you're, you're you're not missing much. It does look like I don't. Know, it looks like a little water bottle, but uh, it's 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 with a nozzle and a button. Yep, which, but it's obviously pressurized somehow. So um, they are advertising it. Uh, or, so this month they created, they are celebrating the UK Twist Hard Seltzer Maker. A portable hard seltzer maker that's available on Kickstart till, Kickstarter till May 4th. And will be arriving at the Backyard Barbecues here soon. Wait, wait, wait. So it's, no, so it's a hard seltzer maker, not a hard seltzer dispenser. Both. So they're advertising, you fill it with your choice of water, you add a splash of vodka... And it works similar to the soda stream where it'll carbonate, pressurize, hold, maintain that pressure, and then you dispense out of it. And add citric acid, whatever flavor you want to, you know. I, I would assume you add whatever, like, flavoring or fruit before you pressurize it, but probably no citric acid. I mean, that's about what, like, 90% of White Claw is, is yes. water citric acid. So... Uh, most of the article that I found uh, really just uh, talks about the design and what made them think of it. They wanted it to be easy to transport. Uh, they said a half-gallon size, so the typical 64-ounce growler size. Very easy to bring to a party. Uh, but it's kind of not the right size to sneak a hard seltzer into work. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, that is... I don't know. That's that maybe the might be the most depressing work violation I've ever heard of. Which you got fired? Yeah, tried to sneak a hard seltzer into work. 
You know, they make flasks of whiskey, you dumb shit. Or just vodka. <laughs> I mean, it, listen, practicality. Although, the. You drink bourbon, you're probably sea level. <laughs> um, you drink bourbon in your office, you're definitely getting a promotion. You drink hard seltzer in your office, you're getting fired. Um, I, although I do have this uh, this uh, 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 fantasy that this could be the downfall of White Claw once people figure out uh, it's that vodka soda. <laughs> they put they, they take water, they put vodka in, and flavoring. All, see, all they need to do is like now make like little uh, 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 flavor canisters, like I don't know, mm-hmm. curing that shit. You know, take your take your water, take your vodka, and then a. Uh, I got one better. Pour a Lacroix in. Pour a shot of vodka in. <laughs> Woo-hoo-hoo! I mean, even even more of a solution, but I mean, uh, that could be, you know, I, I, I like to think that'd be the, the death knell to White Claw, although I'm fairly certain nothing can kill Honestly, that. it would probably boost the sales somehow to fucking White Claw, and we'd all be like, well, time to go apply. <laughs> I mean, I would, I, I, I would uh, apply, I, I would take that, uh, I would go work for that company in a heartbeat, because I imagine they have... Money, money, yeah, and I imagine you also don't do much. I feel like selling a white claw is the easiest thing ever, right now. Be like, um, how many you want? <laughs> essentially, it's going to a place. To go. So I'm selling white claw. Um, do you want some? How many? I guess now. Yeah, you're right. It's not, I, I, I'm selling the. I'm the white claw guy. So how many can I put you down for? Mm-hmm. Oh, you, you can't get that many. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's that's. I can good. only sell you five, not six. Sorry. And by five, not six, I mean pallets, for fuck's sakes. Oh, no, that's per bar, per, <laughs> per day. Yeah, it's, it, it'll it own everything. Uh, so but, this is already shaping up to be more depressing than our last episode. <laughs> <laughs> but, so if you're really just craving to be able to make your own hard seltzer on the go at a backyard party, check out Growlerworks' uh, Kickstarter, uh, and... Buy one when they're available if you're so inclined to do so. But I mainly wanted to bring this up because I feel the last like true like craft beer exclusive was just violated. Well, and uh, as 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 should only should happen that the growler uh, fall to such inauspicious terms. Let's put a bullet in its head. It's done. I mean, growlers have listen. Growlers were useful, you know, in the early days of craft beer before. Anyone canned before anybody canned, and even when bottling was a little bit was a little bit tough. I mean, we're talking the days of twenty-two ounce bottles, and the only way you could get a lot of beer to go was by filling a growler. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, a whole growlers. Yeah, say, now, cans. now a whole section of the grocery store dedicated to craft beer. We can, you know, I'm fine retiring the growler at, uh, from craft beer at all. And hard seltzer can have it. Enjoy. I hope uh, it brings you as much happiness as it did us back in the day. <laughs> well, Jeremy, what do we got next? A craft beer legend returns news now. Dun, uh, dun, dun. <laughs> Gregory Hall is probably not a name you recognize, but... Uh, Unless you're a super hardcore beer nerd. I mean, back in the early 2000s, I feel like every craft beer nerd knew who the fuck Gregory Hall was. I, I believe that is true, yes. Although I think less so now. Be- mostly because... If you're a current hazy boy, you probably don't know. <laughs> is that your, uh, is that your uh, uh, derogatory term for uh, 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 for craft beer acolytes? Well, feels about right. Because If you got indoctrinated into craft beer or love bourbon barrel aged stouts, you sh- this guy is your messiah. 
I mean, I, don't, I feel that's still probably held up by uh, Michael Jackson or uh, uh, or uh, uh, Papazian, Charlie Papazian, but not I, on Bourbon Barrel Age, though. Well, that this bourbon, that was a style that, that Greg Hall created and perfected at the same time. Um, um, true. Yes, I mean, if you were a fan of Bourbon Barrel Age stouts, uh, famously, um, he is the uh, uh, he created what is largely regarded as the first and most successful um, bar- uh, bourbon barrel-aged beer at Goose Island. He was the head brewer at the time. Bourbon County is his creation. Um, and uh, he is, uh, for the first time in 10 years, uh, releasing a beer. Uh, this comes from an article in uh, uh, Food and Wine by uh, Mike Pomeranz. Um, so, quick th- before Jeremy th- actually gets into this, uh, give you a little backstory for... Who, the people sitting there going, who the fuck are they talking about? So, uh, Greg Hall, his father was the one who created Goose Island Brewing Company. Uh, he ended up going to work for his father. Uh, you can find out all this on Josh Knoll's uh, Barrel-Aged Stouts and Selling Out book, uh, where he wrote about Goose Island from the get-go to when they sold to AB InBev and beyond. Uh, he allegedly... He started working as a cellarman, uh, started brewing, started coming up with some really great ideas. Uh, actually, really, f- his favorite beer from Goose Island was the Honkers, like, uh, English Pale Bitter. Right. Uh, 4.3% alcohol. He fell in love with that style from when he was over in England one time. But at a, And he became just a very bolsterous personality where he was out at all these beer tastings, um, had a knack for it, for really weaving a story, describing the beers, pairing them up. Well, he was doing a cigar pairing with, uh, I think it was Jim Beam, uh, at a cigar lounge in Chicago. And he kind of jokingly was like, hey, you should get me some Jim Beam barrels. Well, he was able to get barrels. Which, I mean, shouldn't be as hard as you'd think because, you know, any... Uh, you may or may not be aware of uh, bourbon barrels to make straight bur- uh, true bourbon can only be used once, mm-hmm. and then they have to be used for something else. So, so basically, uh, they're garbage after that. Although uh, they're often shipped uh, uh, overseas to be used as Scotch barrels or rum barrels or something mm-hmm. else. But and then increasingly at, at this point in time, beer barrels, beer barrels. So shockingly enough, he was able to get it. It was no one had really done that, and so he devised. He brewed up a brand new stout that was just real rich, alcohol forward, boozy. They go into full like descriptions of like how the brew house smelled that day when he brewed it, like what it looked like, and they filled the barrels and had no idea how it was going to turn out. Uh, they then tried it after it sat for a year, and it turned out to be fantastic. Uh, well, then, right around the time they sold to AB InBev, uh, he kind of... Didn't make the best decision at a bar. <laughs> Shocking that uh, somebody who you know may have drank too much and made a bad decision. So he was at, let's see if I can find what bar it was. Uh, Wicker Park's Bangers and Lance. Uh, he overconsumed, uh, according to one of the bartenders working that night. <laughs> Such uh, a tasteful way of 
say, got shit-faced. Yep. So, yeah, he may have overconsumed. So, he, him and the group of Goose Island people that were there started getting overly loud and obnoxious. Uh, the bartender looked over, saw him leaning up against the front of the bar, and said, Look like he's relieving himself. Peeing for the layperson. Uh, and as the group began to leave, uh, one of the group went over to grab the one of the eight ounce glasses that were full at this time. And he said, don't drink that. Uh, the bartender then goes and puts a finger on the side of one of the two full eight ounce glasses. Said it was warm enough to know it wasn't honkers ale. Uh, I mean, it was at one point in time. It had just <laughs> gone through someone's kidneys. Yep. Uh, he went outside to throw it out, uh, and saw Hall sitting in his car. So he knocked on the window, and, uh, oh, sorry, I skipped a part. My bad. He said, he then grabs it and goes, hey, what's this? Uh, the bartender said, uh, he's like, oh, it's beer. And he goes, perfect, let's have a toast, you take one. Greg Hall, of course, declined. Uh, he went to take them out after they had left to throw it out, noticed him, uh, sitting in his car, knocked on the window, and, uh, he rolled down the window and he said, I just wanted to introduce myself to you as the guy who had to clean your piss off the bar. <laughs> or urine, but sounds better with piss. Do you actually say urine, like... In the article it says urine. Okay. So, uh, but he then reached back out, apologized to the bar, but it blew up, especially being right after the sale to AB Bev. It was a poor look on the brewery. He ended up leaving to start his own, got out of the industry, and then started his own cidery. Um, uh, uh, yeah, which has, which, uh, Virtue Cider actually, um, uh, stemming from a lot of the, uh, you know, a lot of what he tasted in Britain at the same time, um, um, started making, uh, European ciders, which, very quickly uh, became uh, became uh, so popular and so well known that um, in 2017 uh, it was becoming clear that they couldn't run it um, uh, all that effectively and it too was bought by AB InBev. Fun part about the book, they paint a different narrative. Oh really? He was used to running it like the brewery, especially when the brewery, because by the time he was brewer, the brewery was starting to make more money. So when he tried to start something from nothing, he was struggling very much. And AB came in as basically they're like, we know what Greg can do. Uh, basically, we'll come in with the capital and bail this out. Really? So yeah. when I read that in the article, I was like, huh. That's a nice way. That's nice. That's the nice way of saying we well, are making good shit. But you can't run a fucking company. Yep. <laughs> so, I mean... Uh, so, I mean, you have potential. So And the first couple batches weren't good. Well, the first couple batches at any. Uh, but when you have someone with that notoriety in that area, you can't release a subpar well, product. Where, where, when, when, did he, when did he start Virtue? After he left Goose Island. So there's a good, like, um, so there's a good, like, five years in between the two, uh, between the two, because he, because Goose Island, um, uh, 
uh, sold in 2011, mm-hmm. and but Virtue didn't sell to uh, AB InBev until 2017. But I think he started Virtue in like 2013 or so. Okay. So he had a couple years, but it was... His name was what was keeping it afloat. Um, which what, what, which also more explains how, why he stayed on as the founder and, and was leading the leading uh, their uh, their charge to uh, you know basically make some cider that was more than just sugar bombs for people who don't who don't like beer. Um, well, ten year ten years uh, since he left um, Goose Island. Um, and still under the, uh, and still sort of under the cider company, although labeled uh, Virtue Farm, as opposed to uh, um, uh, uh, Virtue Cider, um, basically to create an association with the cider company without saying being the cider company. Yeah. You know, well, let's face it: breweries can make cider, but cideries cannot make beer. Yep. It's just it's just how it works. Yeah. Um. Just a rule. Just so you know. Um. Um. It's built. He's releasing a um, a, uh, a beer called Vestland. It's built as a Nordic style lager. A so per- is he using the Vakis in it? Uh, I be- yes. I mean, uh, I, I think it's. I think it says in here explicitly. But if it didn't say explicitly, I don't know what else a a, a Nordic style lager would uh, include. Um, yeah, it's built as a Nordic style lager and apparently inspired by a recent trip to Sweden and Norway. Um, his journey started in Sweden. Uh, we were in- introduced to a number of styles um, that had something unique to them. Um, and being the kind of guy that gets a little obsessed about anything he finds interesting, I'm, I definitely understand and sympathize. Uh, he started tracking on the source of these flavors that he that he enjoyed. And um, yeah, his uh, journey took him to Norway where he found uh, Kvake, um, mm-hmm. farmhouse beers. And um, um, he... He had apparently read about uh, fake um, beers. Like but, we all have. Well, I mean, I think he was a little bit at the forefront of it because that because the, uh, this, the the blog that really introduced it to um, to uh, a craft beer came out in 2014, 2015, somewhere around there. I think that was around the time he uh, went as well. Okay. Um, or at least, you know, I think, I think he was working on this about the same time that... Uh, Everybody in uh, in uh, um, in the United States, every home brewer was badly trying to pronounce uh, this yeast to their local homebrew shops. Oh yeah, um, but um, um, he said that uh, yeah, he said uh, I, uh, this quoted from the article. I'd read about Kvike beer, but I really hadn't had them. And having them, I was completely blown away. And beers like raw beer. And then also having all sorts of spices and stuff in there. That's an actual quote. I was like, going, why'd they use that quote? It sounds like he's half drunk. but Because um, he probably is. <laughs> uh, although, so what he's making, though, is not quite as wild as some of the farmhouse ales that he uh, dug up on his travels. And actually, his Vestland, uh, named for a county in Norway, has more in common with German tradition than strictly Nordic. Okay. Um, although he does use rye and caraway and juniper to give his beer like some connection to those farmhouse beers, nice. especially the juniper, because the in I don't know if you how how deep you've gone into this, but I went down a major rabbit hole, and one of the things they use is um, they use juniper uh, bushes as like the false bottom of a mash tun. Which I have heard of 
people doing that, and I know a couple of homebrewers who have done that. No one's ever, every, everyone I've known who's tried to do that on the homebrew side said the beer was fucking terrible. <laughs> well, see, according to at least one blog, the uh, the secret is uh, splitting the branches. Ah. I he actually the funny thing was is in that article you know the guy was like reporting on what you're seeing is you have to split the branches and the guy who was writing the blog said why do you do that he goes I I, I don't know I just someone told me you had to do that <laughs> <laughs> that's the religion part of brewing I always say it's equal parts art equal parts science equal parts religion and the religion part comes in when you're doing something and someone goes why do you do that you go I I don't know it's just something I've always done just do it. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to piss off Nkasi? Exactly. Um, do you want her to shit in your beer? <laughs> um, but he wasn't going for like the great big bold taste explosion like his almost signature beer, Bourbon County, uh, turned out to be. Which is really funny that everyone knows him for Bourbon County, but in the book at reference, he was very much a... He preferred the lower alcohol, the more subtle flavors, the more intricate beers that they're more difficult to brew because it's it's lagers, the English bitters, uh, just those lighter beers. And actually, this you get the impression that this Vestland is very much him returning um, to that interest because uh, you get you know this article in uh, in in Food and Wine, you get this impression that while not. While not uh, um, unhappy that he's basically become associated with Bourbon County, especially within in the past uh, few years. In fact, he's uh, he's probably been known more now as the Bourbon County guy than he was when, when Bourbon he, County came out. Right. Um, while while he's still like proud of that achievement, um, I think you get the impression that it's not what he wants to be known for, and and mm-hmm. and something more subtle. Um, um, something like you know, uh, something that like low alcohol, complex but very drinkable. Um, and I think we've talked about the evolution of the beer geek several times. And um, he, you know, Hall has basically kind of the same idea, and he called, but he calls it uh, chasing the dragon. You know, a reference to that sweet, sweet brown sugar. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think he's very much. But I think he very much has the same. Looking at uh, at the at the uh, uh, evolution of craft beer now, and I think he probably has a, the right idea because we are getting to um, late stage craft beer. Where, well, also if you look at most people, like most brewery people working a beer festival, a lot of times if you look at their hand, they're not drinking. Unless it's specifically like a big barrel age festival that where that's the only thing. But a lot of times they're drinking one of the lightest beers available or the lowest alcohol because you could still get that flavor you want, but you still have to work. Well, I mean, there's practical. There, I mean, that's a practical reason for that. But there's also just you. You, I think, develop a appreciation for. You know, light but complex flavors. You develop an appreciation for, um, for just sheer drinkability, the way beer is supposed to be. You know, you, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, Ger- I mean, I'm gonna say it's about German styles, but I think it it's becoming uh, more universal. Um, um, uh, someone was telling me uh, when you're talking about German beers, the first thing you got to uh, picture is, can I drink this by the yard? 
Mm-hmm. And that's the measure of a good German beer. Not only is the flavor good, but you have to sit there and like, could I drink l- a liter of a this? fucking boot? Yeah. Um, um, and he talks a little bit about his own, you know, um, uh, basically his own experience in that beer geek uh, curve that we talk about, where you kind of start off with, with it's all beer, yeah. get into the style, and you're back to it's all beer. Yeah, you have this, you know, you start off early, you're like, oh, your first IPA, your first stout or something. You get more and more and more. That some At the peak, you're like trying to find the most rarest barrel-aged beer from Twiddler Ball Stacks, Virginia. And you're buying the slushy beers that blow up. You're buying the hand grenades. You don't have to do that in the Beer Geek Evolution. That's that's evolution gone astray. That's <laughs> that's a mutation. That's that's somebody fucking a goat and that goat, uh, 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 you know... Uh, uh, that's that's a whole different evolutionary line that should probably be cut and. <laughs> You're sounding like Mr. Garrison off South Park when he's ta- teaching evolution right now. Just gonna say. <laughs> anyway, um, from the article uh, uh, quoting Hall, uh, quote: "In retrospect, I went down a path that path myself a bit. The beer geek curve, not goat fucking." <laughs> we were making pretty good beer at Goose Island back in '88. But uh, then to go on to make something like Bourbon County Stout, that was a swing of the pendulum to the far side. When I drink beer now, I really don't drink a whole lot of IPAs or double IPAs or quadruple hazy fruity IPAs. To each their own, but my own is not that. My own is more about complexity without going over the top. So in that spirit, he describes his Nordic lager as simple, elegant, and natural. And I, I honestly think the Vec yeast would add a little bit of that subtle complexity while still keeping it crisp and actually make for a really interesting lager. Um, in my ex- in my experiments with it, it does make a fantastic lager. Um, and also, I mean, depending on where the temperature is, it will throw out this, you know, especially the uh, uh, the Vosk uh, fake, um, will throw out this really nice aromatic, like, candy orange flavor. Ooh. And so, I mean, a lot of this is... I mean, again, this is a whole, you know, I think we, 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 we spent at least one episode, at least half of it, talking about uh, uh, fake yeast. But, I mean, there's at least 30 different strains of this. Um, each one has their own has their own uh, um, uh, qualities, different, you know, uh, fermentation qualities. Um, but, uh, um, yeah, they, they can do everything from a nice lager to starters for sours to, you know, big holiday beers. Yeah. Um, but, um, uh, anyway, um, so that's, so that's what he's releasing now, but there are hints that the simple, elegant, you know, idea is maybe a little bit horseshit cause he's got that kind of mind. Who's always like, well, what, what can we, where can we take this? What can we do? Um, right now, Veslin, uh, or, or excuse me, there's, um, um, yeah, say, um, Right now, uh, Veslin is produced uh, at an ABM Bev site in New Hampshire. Um, but at his Virtue facility, he is wa- uh, waiting on approval to begin Belgian and Norwegian-inspired farmhouse be- beers using mixed fermentation, fruit, herbs, and whatever else he finds. So, um, his, uh, his, his, you know, the simple complexity might be uh, might uh, be where he starts, but it may not be. He'll have a full monastery pretty soon. <laughs> Including a cult, if, any, if, if anything can go by. Yeah. Including the, bring the bar top up. Like, this is the sacred bar top where the master peed. <laughs> you Kiss gotta it. make a yearly pilgrimage and piss on the bar. I was gonna, I was gonna say, 
kiss you. Now kiss the bar. Kiss the bar. Do it. It's like the Bellardi stone, you know? <laughs> the um, bartenders were like, not the, these people again. Um, Every Black Friday they come in and pee on the fucking bar. <laughs> Uh, beer geeks may yet be able to uh, 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 get some of that sweet, sweet brown sugar um, that they uh, that that is the novelty they need so badly. Uh, Vestland will be available in Chicago and Michigan, uh, and then further out, depending. Uh, and I get once again, I'm quoting Hall: "If anyone wants it anywhere else, <laughs> AB and Bev will be like, yeah, we're sending it everywhere. We're gonna try to cash in on people remembering your name." I mean, it it would work. I'm not. I I don't carry a lot of AB InBev um, uh, where I order beer. But if Veslin appears on uh, on a list, I'll be like, I'd, I'd give it a try. I'd buy a bottle. Oh, I'd definitely buy a bottle. So, um, you know, much much a lot before the fucking Patagonia. <laughs> they can't call it that now. I'm pretty sure. Oh, they can't. I don't think. I, I'm sure where the where the ruling stood on that. I can't remember. I know the case. They settled, so I they didn't release any details of the settlement. But. Well, speaking of Bourbon County, there you've got some further news on it for yeah, us. Yeah, um, saw this scrolling through beer Twitter the other day. Um, first, let's talk about the beer we're drinking right now, though. Oh, yes. Um, so we kicked over to the No Worries West Coast IPA from Belching Beaver. Uh, 6.2% alcohol, and they said... Uh, no Worries is designed to be an easy-drinking IPA with great hop flavor we love so much. Um, and then talk about how if you have problems with your significant other, uh, no worries. Yo taxes? No worries. Your car sucks? No worries. Uh, and cheers. So. It's alright. I mean, it's got like orange rind, lemon, a little bit of pine, um, like a like a slight slight hint of cannabis, a little bit overly bitter. I feel like I was just gonna say to me it's almost reminiscent of a session IPA without with a higher alcohol. I mean, when you said six point five, I'm like, um, like it tastes like it's a little bit out of balance. So mm-hmm. I mean, I I I, I think maybe you're right when I'm when when my first experience with the best of the West was tainted because I'm like no actually that's the better of the two that we're we're trying today this one's neither of them are exactly uh, uh, getting you know making me lift my side of the table up but um, um, I think the 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 best of the West is better than or at least it's better balance this one's just kind of that it leaves it leaves me with that uh, that that long lingering bitter bitterness that I'm not. A huge fan of. Yeah. So, uh, Josh Knoll, uh, who wrote the book on Goose Island and still works for the Chicago Tribune, uh, retweeted uh, Guys Drinking Beer on Twitter, uh, who had posted on April 30th, a he had found uh, in his TTB, researching the TTB findings for label approval, uh, some of the new Goose Island options. Because... For those of you that don't know, if you distribute your beer across state lines, the label has to be approved by the TTB uh, before you can sell it across state lines. Uh, so you have to file that before the beer is ready. Ideally, yes. Or else it's going to go old. <laughs> or, I mean, well, you know, something like Bourbon County wouldn't, but you get the idea. 
you're not going to hit your Black Friday so release. It, 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 it can be sitting there on Black Friday, although that's become less of a thing because there was the there, there used to be a time when they would, you know, well they, they there used to be a time when not only would uh, um, would you you get your shipment of uh, of Bourbon County and be under strict orders not to put any on the shelf before Black Friday, but there'd be guys in suits from AB InBev, you know, like, well, how much how much AB InBev have you bought this year? Well, I think you only get a couple of cases or something. Well, I feel most of that's been kind of done away with because because they've <laughs> flooded the market with right. There is so much goose. Bourbon County that's available. Last year... Um, they are draining that horse dry, man. Last year, I was actually able to... Um, and I'm not sure if they, if uh, uh, Artist Reader was sitting on it. I didn't notice it leading up to it. Of course, I really wasn't looking for it. But um, like leading up to Black Friday, I saw they still had a few cases of the 2019 Bourbon mm. County um, you know, uh, on their inventory list. And I actually you know asked... You know, ask my sales guy, like, is this real? Do you guys still sitting on some 2019? He goes, I don't know. You want to order it? I'm like, shit, yeah. I'll put me What's down the for- worst that happens? I'll say, yeah, put me down for a case. I'm not expecting it to show up, but it fucking did. We got a case of the 2019 Bourbon County a couple of weeks before the 2020 came out. So Nice. Well, so uh, Josh Nolan, he had tweeted, said, apparently there's two reserves and two double barrels on their way in 2021. Um, goes Goose Island clearly thinks it can distinguish Bourbon County in the competitive barrel age market with fancy barrels, and why not? Anyone can go with a- the adjunct route. Not everyone has access to some of these barrels. Which excellent point. So here's the which I respect because I'm getting a little bit uh, fed up with the cocoa, and coffee, they'll vanilla. They'll still do a couple adjuncts. Yeah, and they'll have the regular. They'll have a couple adjuncts, but. Now, because they're putting some of these names on the barrels, they can charge a little extra. Fair. Uh, so they have uh, one that is... So the Bourbon County Reserve, uh, stout aged in an Old Forester 1910 and 1920 bourbon barrels. Um, stout aged in Larceny bourbon barrels, then aged in Old Fitzgerald bourbon barrels, both from Heaven Hills Distillery. Sweet. Uh, stout aged in Elisha Craig small batch bourbon barrels, then aged in Elisha Craig toasted bourbon barrels. Uh, then stout aged in Old Forester 150 anniversary bourbon barrels. And those are the labels that were in the Twitter thread. Damn. So uh, I'll send over this to Jeremy, see if he can retweet this out and... That way, anyone following our Twitter page can uh, see these pictures of the neck flags and see kind of what we're talking about. So. And you know, prepare your and prepare yourself for Black Friday and go get yourself. Uh, see if you can hunt some of these. I'm guessing some of these are not going to be going to be not going to be available much outside of Chicago. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. Make make the pilgrimage. Pee on the pee on the Masters Bar and uh, pick yourself out a bottle. <laughs> You might get kicked Please out. Please don't pee on the bar yet. This is not a cult yet. I feel like the, that ritual, or maybe it will We're going to get a fucking Facebook message <laughs> on fucking Black Friday from Wicker Park. Uh, from fucking whatever the place is. And they're going to be like, listen here. We we had someone piss on our bar. They said you told them to do it. We listened to the podcast episode. Uh, are you going to come clean it up or are you going to pay us? 
I mean, and we can't afford to pay them, so <laughs> we're we're in Idaho. So, I mean, I don't think you want piss sitting around for a couple the the the, the couple of days it'll take me to get down there. <laughs> so, good luck. Um, <laughs> not my fucking fault. That's how Jeremy gets a box of shit sent to his house. Happened before; it'll happen again. <laughs> All right. Seriously, the singularity is taking over craft beer news now. Let me paint you a picture, Tyler. <clears throat> you don't have any paintbrushes. Let me paint you a mental picture. Ah, okay. Because I can't draw for shit. Um, you walk into your favorite craft beer place, right? All right. You order a beer. Wait, do I sit down first or am I standing? No, you 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 sit and you order. Okay. Um, about the time you're done with that beer, some friends of yours arrive, so you switch tables and have another beer. Been there, done that. Uh, you sink one of those, and one of your friends gets the urge to play cornhole. Been there, done that. So you get out. So you, so you wait. Or, never played cornhole at a bar. Okay, whatever, whatever. Horseshoes, shuffleboard, whatever. Pool. A, ga- a, a, a bar game outside. So you've 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 gone from one table to another table to outside. Okay. Where you order yet another beer. Um. But your friend is a competitive asshole. You realize you never really liked the guy in the first place. Uh, maybe you try to toss a horseshoe at his head, and you realize that you better get the fuck out of here. Uh, I might be that friend. Um, you also, yeah. Um, I might be the friend you throw something at. Either that, or you just saw someone else arrive who's going to want to talk your ear off for like three fucking straight hours, and you're suddenly not in the mood, so you pay your tab and jet. Um, you do all this without having to say a single word to any staff at the brewery or tap room. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. You have done all this on your phone. This uh, uh, uh No. This week the founders of a uh, I like to talk to bartenders. <laughs> the, the, They're good peoples. The founders of a new POS system arrived, uh, sat down with Craft Brewing Business to talk about how their platform is going to revolutionize the tap room. Um, their new tool called OpenTab allows customers to basically manage their own tab on their mobile phone. And it works like this. In this scenario, you walk in. No! You pick a table. <laughs> I'm getting the sense. I'm sensing some resistance to this. No! You pick a table. You sit- if I wanted to be fucked by a robot, I'd go to Japan and get a sex doll. First of all, you don't have to go to Japan anymore. We've got Amazon. I can get you a sex <laughs> bot in a couple of days. Um, prime, baby, prime. Um you, you pick a table, you scan the QR code, and order your beer. Someone brings it to you, uh, because, or maybe a robot does someday. You just, they've just, if this takes off, they've just put a ton of people out of fucking jobs. Um, but uh, right now, I mean, right now the system does require a human to physically bring you beer or food or whatever. But from there, you can move tables, go outside, whatever you need to do, then pay on your phone and... Fuck off. And fuck off. Um so, I don't What's know. the point of been... being at a bar? At this point, if I wanted to not socially interact with someone in a fucking bar or a restaurant, I'd stay at home and not talk to my wife while I'm drinking a beer. <laughs> or I'd drink a beer with my dog. Then I don't have to interact with anyone. But I go out to meet people. I am not a fucking hermit. Who wants to live in my little shell and die a crotchety old fuck? You're still going to die a crotchety old fuck. Let me just tell you that right now. That little speech just assured that you're going to die a crotchety old fuck. (laughs) Also, so Eureka in downtown Boise. Yes. Uh, Fuck. It was 
couple months ago, uh, me and one of my coworkers went in there for lunch. Um, and they have a very similar system. Okay. I think there's... Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure it was a QR code. We had a scan. We put in, uh, you know, what table we were at. They had a table number there. Uh, put are any other people at the table ordering. You could put multiple people's order in. Or you could just say no. Or you could say yes, this is their name and not put in. And they could order. And then it kicks all to one. And I hated it. I mean, I'm... I'm it I'm was so, convenient. I'm so surprised at this point in time to hear you say that. It was convenient. But I like having a server come check on me. Or I love... My biggest issue with the whole fucking pandemic is bar top seating got fucking removed. My favorite thing to do is go belly up to a fucking bar, sit down, go, I'll take this, chat with the bartender, chat with the people next to me at the bar. You meet some interesting fucks. You meet some weird fucks, but you meet some interesting fucks. And then close out my tab if I see a group coming of friends, I'll go out with them. But it ain't that big of a hassle for me to walk up to the bartender and be like, Hey, can I close out? Thanks. Close out and piss off on my way home. Um, um, no! I was I, I was going to ask, I think I have it in my notes here, um, ask uh, Tyler what he thinks. But um, I'm going to go out on a limb and suggest you're against it. I would rather run my dick through a cheese grater than see this become commonplace. <laughs> um. I, but you, I, the funny thing is, is that you're absolutely right. And by the way, this actually does sound fucking dystopian because you're right. It's the if you're if you are going to a craft beer establishment, um, you know, they, and they um, and they meant. By the way, they mentioned like, well, maybe you're in a bad mood and you don't really want to talk to anybody. To which I'm like, then you don't. Why go are out. you out? Yeah, then you don't go out. Stop at the liquor store, buy a bottle of fucking whiskey, and slam it at home like an alcoholic does. Grow the fuck up, you children. Get off your fucking phone. Uh, wow. This is also... You're something... Su- <laughs> you are going to grow, grow an old Akachi old... You just grew older than me as I'm sitting across from you. All right, I'm going to hit 40 this year. This I think is you just also, hit 60. This is also the fucking same thing. Uh, like, I, I pay the money I pay to go sit in a movie theater because I'm paying for the fucking ambiance. Now, during the pandemic... When, like, Disney's releasing movies, they're like, you can see this movie for 50 fucking dollars. I'm like, you fucking scam artist rat. I hate you. I hope you get fucking blown away by a fucking stormtrooper missing a Jedi and you get blasted away with a fucking blaster. You bat fucking rat. (laughs) But let me... But one of the things they mentioned was how this could be used. And let me just run run this idea by you. Because while you while you mentioned that closing out your tab um, isn't, you know, walking up to the bar isn't, you know, a terribly arduous process of going up there, saying, hey, can I close out, closing out your tab and going. Um, um, there's, there is something, you know, convenient about just getting on your phone and just and just hitting close and, and, and fucking right the hell off. But they also mentioned that imagine if it was utilized in such a way. So you like hanging out at the bar, bar top, right? 
Um, and I'm playing devil's advocate here because I'm actually more on your side, but just but um, all, not not the least. I knew which, you were going to take the side opposite of me, so it's what I do. That's how I sit on the opposite of the table. But imagine this. All right, so you've got your your beer tender, your tap room. Um, but instead of having to uh, 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 check do the do the menial stuff, he is now more free to chat and educate and talk to people at the bar top. As opposed to having to uh, uh, run beers out to the uh, tables. I'm getting a sense that you're going to say something. I'm going to scoot back a no, few inches. No, no, Finish. Finish your line. No, that's pretty much it. Part of this fucker's job and skills, how, how they make money in life, is being able to check up and be like... And it's the art of knowing when to ask, do you need another beer? There is an art form to bartending. And also... You should be able to fucking multitask while you're having a conversation, scanning the bar top, seeing if anyone's getting to that point where you need to go check. That is the skill. That is how you make your money. If we remove all the fucking things, a damn monkey or a brain dead fucking dog could bartend. (laughs) I mean, I would like a monkey bartender just for the record. Until they throw shit on you. Even then, I think I would. That would you be got a poop fetish, don't you? <laughs> no, I just I think that would be endlessly entertaining. And by the way, I can duck, so and it would be endlessly entertaining. Be like, let's go to the monkey bar. Why? Because there's a monkey that's a bartender. What else do you need? <laughs> so, no, I've never been in the point. And if you're talking to the bartender and they have to go, that's when you look around and you start talking to the people next to you. Because a good bartender can start talking to you, realize that there's someone sitting close to you that also has a similar interest, weave them into the conversation, and get both of you talking where they can go on to the next person. And just pop back in occasionally, make sure you guys are set up on beer, and weigh in here and there, and keep the whole bar rolling. It's like you... For bar, you bartenders are basically like uh, are bit like matchmakers. Like you sit at a bar, like he's like scanning, like oh these two, make me friends. These 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 two guys will have a bromance here. Let's see, I'll put these put these guys together. We'll start talking about I don't know industrial welding, and then they'll go off in the night and do whatever they do and spark up. Yes, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, um, um, um. No, you and they and they acknowledge you know when they're talking about this like you know not remove you know especially when it comes for craft beer and this uh, and this platform very much markets itself um, as being uh, for the craft beer industry. They they do recognize that um, uh, that the human element is it is not but cannot be replaced. What they are what they are uh, what they're hoping that this does is essentially cutting out the menial tasks. Um, of noticing someone's getting low on a beer and fucking getting them another beer or closing them out, doing what your basic fucking job description is? Yes, that. How was that menial? <laughs> not so much the, uh, not so much the, uh, um, the, like, the, the, the noticing, I mean, uh, first of all, I think, I feel like, you know, in their, in their vision, and again, I'm kind of interpreting the article, because they don't, they don't, they haven't mentioned this scenario, but I imagine, like, well, first of all, you know, it's a very much an opt-in system, uh, the way they have it designed. If you, you know, you, if you walked in, 
and you saw the scan the barcode to order from this table, you'd be like, fuck that shit with a rusty pool cue and go up to the bar, at which point in time you get the normal experience that you want. But, you know, if you were with your friends and, and, uh, and, and saw that and wanted to just like order, order beer that way from your table, that would be an option open to you. When's the last time you sat down in a restaurant, Jeremy? Uh, it would have been about February of 2020. Okay. I'm going to let you in on a little thing. Yeah. At the very least, in Idaho, if you go to a restaurant soon, sit down and just watch. Especially, a lot of places still don't have paper menus back. Right. So they're like, oh, you can just scan this and you will see people. What? <laughs> I have to use my phone. And I'm like, you sit on it all day, you old fuck. <laughs> Stop giving this guy who or gal who's making three twenty five an hour plus tips, and you're only going to tip her 10% because you're a stingy motherfucker of Hebrew persuasion. Uh, <laughs> way, to, way to, like, be a polite anti-Semite right there. <laughs> I'm not sure how that makes it any better. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> the people that are always the biggest pains in the ass in a bar or a restaurant are the worst fucking tippers. T- correct. And they're like, every little inconvenience is like the end of the world. They throw their hands up and they're like, oh. I mean, I have to use my phone to pull up the menu. Can I just get a paper? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, we'll go get you a paper. And I'm like, you're really that fucking pathetic? Just do it to help these fuckers out. Um, I did. That was one of my critiques as I was going through this that I wrote down is that it, I feel like this system does require a certain amount of participation and, let's face it, competency from the customer base. And customers, let's be honest. Don't know how to use QR codes? I was going to say. Or read signs? I was just going to say are kind of dumb in general. Just they're kind of dumb. You show me a service industry worker who doesn't agree with the statement, customers are kind of dumb, and I'll show you someone who's lying about being a service industry worker. <laughs> I saw a meme the other day, and it just rang so true with me that I laughed for probably 20 minutes. And it's a SpongeBob meme from one of the episodes where Squidward flips the sign to close on the Krusty Krab. And a guy walks up, tries to pull the door. And he goes, we're closed. And he goes, I'll take a double crab patty with a chili cheese kelp. He goes, we're close. He goes, thanks. And I was like, that is every customer ever. Or they walk into the brewery, look around. It's 10 a.m. on a fucking Monday. And they're like, all the tables and chairs are flipped over. Not a light's on. No TV. The TVs are all turned off. Are you guys open? After they looked at the sign that has your hours and then pull the door and go, oh, door's unlocked. They must be open. You open? Well, the fuck does sign just say? I mean, I have been that guy, though. I've definitely been that guy, like, walked in and like, oh, shit. You guys open? No? Okay, never mind. <laughs> but did you stop and look at the sign first? No. The sign was right in front of me. I mean, you could. I mean, when I when when, when you close the door and you look like, oh, the hours are right there. I'm an idiot. When I by, by the way, when I say customers are kind of dumb, when I'm a customer, I very much include myself in that <laughs> in that. I have no listen. I've been that guy. <laughs> and when you when I say that guy, insert your industry, uh, 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 you know, dumbass. 
Um, I especially when it was notorious when I was traveling because I was always working late, being that asshole who walked in at like as they're making last call. Not, I mean, not even that. Like, especially at like rest. This was less like at a bar, but more like at restaurants because I would get off what we were doing late and be walking into a place like with their five minutes closing and going. Please, I beg you. Can we get? Can, can we get, I get food? food? Can we get? I mean, we always tipped extremely well because you know we were the opposite. Because we knew we were being a pain in the ass. <laughs> I would think I'm a piece of shit too. I mean, so. I definitely have to say I feel like a piece of shit, but I need to eat. So please, if you let us, I will nod this guy's leg off if you don't give us food. We, we will eat as fast as we can, and we will tip as much as we can afford. Please feed us. <laughs> I've been that guy multiple times, but um, uh, my point is, um, I think I mean you hit it on the head. Is that it? it is that uh, with a certain subset of the population, by which I mean you know like thirty or under, um, you know this is this is not going to be a hurdle. But I mean even even me at this point in time would be like fucking QR code. Well, hold on, I just, can I. Listen, can you just bring me a beer while I figure this out? <laughs> just dealer's choice. Yeah, just here. I'll put it on my phone when I figure it out, if that'll help. <laughs> just <laughs> So, I, I, again, this requires... I, I don't... The, the seamlessness is not there. It does feel strangely uh, dystopian, but... Um, I do... I the, the only thing I do sort of kind of see is in the right circumstances with a, bit, with a, with a busy enough establishment... Um, closing out could be nice. Closing out could be nice, and it does. I feel like if it were implemented correctly, would f- uh, uh, free up certain tasks. Um, I mean, it could even free up. Um, um, it, it, it could even free up uh, um, um, uh, servers and bartenders to you know to uh, 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 check up on people to know which tables they have to check up on and which ones mm-hmm. they don't, just because they know like. You know, this table's already, you know, this table's checked in on the QR system mm-hmm. and, you know, they've been ordering beer, so they'll, so they're fine. So we have to pay attention to this table and this table. They also noticed, they also noted that, um, for just pure analytics for a, for a tap room, uh, that can be useful by knowing, um, you know, what beers are selling, what beers are being sent back, um, even to, even down to like what tables are most frequently used, um, or not used at all. Um, there are definite, definite some. Uh, or there's two people owe us at this four top. Let's convert it to a two top. And also, by the way, you know, uh, you know, loyalty programs and all that can be seamlessly integrated. There's definitely some uh, from upsides. Um, um, I'm frankly skeptical that this will be, you know, anything but like bars like Eureka, which is kind of which. If you're not familiar, it's actually a chain. If I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. it's a it's a beer bar chain. You know, pretty high, in pretty uh, high volume downtown places where I mean, if you listen, it's it is to uh, like a craft beer experience. What like um, what, apples bees is to fine dining. Well, <laughs> I was gonna say like uh, um, well, well I'm trying to think of uh, I'm trying to think of a good example, but like uh, like a uh, like an old west you know like a like a dude ranch is to an actual you know western town. Yeah. Or like, uh, or like Paris, Texas is to Paris, France. Yeah. No. I mean, Eureka does have a killer cocktail program, and they usually have at least twenty taps, a good selection of craft beer. So I will give them that. Uh, but yeah, they are a little more corporate. I could see more 
like corporate places picking this up. Correct. I mean, places already do, but, like some chains already do have like the little tablet that sits at the table that you can close out your tab on. And when the server's adding, it's automatically going to that. And so you can close and split. So that way you don't have to flag down your server to close out. But Well, and also in my experience, I've only been to Eureka a couple of times. So maybe correct me if I'm wrong. And no offense to anybody that works there. But I'm not But I'm, I'm not going to Eureka to, um, to, uh, uh, to be informed a lot about craft beer. No. Um, the, uh, I mean, for, well, I mean, for a couple of reasons, number one, I'm already a, a proper beer geek myself. Um, but, uh, the, the level of knowledge is, is a bit non-existent. I think that kind of depends on the server you get Obviously. or bartender, but, um, it, bartender, I think is going to have a little more knowledge. The, 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 I think the first time I was there, I actually got one of the people like, well, I don't actually drink beer. Uh, servers. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, I hate those. And so it was like, okay, perfect. I'm glad you don't work at a beer bar. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, not that I have a problem. It's like, okay, well, you know. I think, uh, I, I think the biggest knocks I have on this, it takes out the personable aspect of this, which is why I think chains will kind of gravitate towards it. Chain, I mean, I'll say you're right. Corporate chains and, you know, in, in, and place like that, you're not, this is never going to be a function of a small brewery tap room or independent restaurant or for any number of reasons not the le- not the least of which uh because uh um because the price well actually so um, according to them um you know they don't have a subscription they have don't have a subscription fee um so it's just a percentage um and um and actually um um arrived um for the pandemic um they offered to any one of their customers to build them a um, a e-commerce site for nothing. Oh, nice! Um, so they did help a lot of people, um, uh, a lot of business, a lot of their customers, uh, a lot of their customers uh, uh, quickly build an e-commerce site to help uh, um, to help uh, get them through the pandemic. Um, and so, without knowing anything else, just from what I read, uh, from what I read here, and a little bit of uh, poking around elsewhere, um, it doesn't. Seem like doesn't seem too expensive, but I don't have you know actual numbers. Um, for those willing to embrace our robot or overlords, uh, speaking of which, Open Tab is again a tool that is a part of Arrived, and that's Arrived but with a Y instead of an I, because ah. of course it is. That's how you make a tech company. You spell shit wrong, or you spell it with numbers. Whatever. Look up Arrived the fucking Y, and you can check them out um, and uh, see if uh, see if uh, Open Tab is right for you. Uh, and I, I would say another big problem I see with that is it takes away from the recommendation of a good server bartender. Well, they, now, I, I, what came to mind when I'm reading this and they stress is not a problem. In fact, you know, in fact, um, the opposite, you know, the first thing I think is, well, what about tips for the wait staff? Because, mm-hmm. you know, that's how they survive. And I don't know about you, but if I'm. Especially if if it's a system that's imposed upon me, as opposed to like uh, um, like a uh, uh, like a voluntary thing. If I sit at a thing like, oh, I have to scan this thing. Okay, beep and order and wait table and all. If I'm sitting here working on my phone, doing a lot, whole lot of shit. Going, I remember when someone used to do this shit, and then someone brings me a beer. I'm probably less inclined to uh, uh, leave a whole lot of money on the table than if somebody who's just good at what they do. Mm-hmm. And also, now, but they state that's not the case. You know, 
And what they and again, they're uh, you know um, without uh, what I've described is kind of how they described it. What they what they are trying to do is again, you know, take out the take out the 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 the, the bad parts and only leave the good parts. Correct. Now, I think I think you made the argument that's not what you're doing. You're because <laughs> I think of when I'm in like a new area and haven't had like most of the beers on the list. I'm. I'm going to ask someone who lives there. Okay, if I if I like this style, what would you recommend? Or what's your favorite on the list? If they recommend a specific beer that fits a style that actually sounds kind of good right now, I'm gonna go with that. All right. And then I'm gonna base that beer will base whether I trust that opinion or not. Fair. So, well, anyway. Um... Perhaps coming to a tap room near you. Down with the robot overlords. <laughs> and then, uh, if you if you find this uh, anywhere, um, let us know. Uh, um, uh, and Tyler will go burn it down. <laughs> um, he's going to go all Skynet on that motherfucker. All right, Tyler, walking in naked like Arnold Schwarzenegger from Terminator. <laughs> That's how you do everything, don't you? Uh, <laughs> anything else to add today? Uh, we are taking next week off. Uh, I will be out of town for a wedding again. Again, I mean, is, do you, at this point in time, know any single people? Yeah, like five. <laughs> so are they getting married, like, next successive weeks, or what's... <laughs> Who fucking knows? <laughs> um, actually, it's quite uh, fortuitous, because I'm starting a new job next week, so schedules are a little bit in, uh, in flux. So, uh, uh, yes, we'll be taking next week off. Um, once again, uh, uh, thank you for all the breweries for not gloriously fucking up for uh, at least a couple of weeks. If we can keep that going, that's, uh, that's... Let's make it through the summer, guys. I mean, listen, dream the impossible dream. <laughs> and this has been It's All Beer. As always, you can see the stories we use to, uh, make this podcast on our Twitter feed, uh, at It's All Beer One. Um, I got an Instagram account where I post pictures when I remember to do so. Um, you can find us at It's All Beer and our Facebook page. Uh, again, It's All Beer, and you can uh, and you can send uh, uh, Tyler a list of all the uh, uh, all the uh, tap rooms and breweries that are using this system, uh, so he can uh, go and destroy them. Uh, that's uh, It's All Beer at I Gmail. Won't do that? He's totally gonna do that. He's gonna walk through the door and like start burning QR codes uh, like it's a like it's a book burning in Nazi Germany. Fahrenheit 451 that month. <laughs> Careful, you're already on the anti-Semitic side of things. So, fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> that'll be all from us. I'm Jeremy Jones. I'm Tyler Zimmer. I'm going to drink a beer. Have fun. <laughs>